Hi, this is Bob McElligot. The NHL trade deadline is coming up on April 12th. And this week, Blue Jackets television play-by-play voice Jeff Rimmer had a chance to catch up with Darren Drager of TSN and NBC to talk about potential trades and other things happening around the National Hockey League. Hi again, everyone. I'm Jeff Rimmer, and welcome to On the Call, presented by Buyers by the Airport. And a pleasure to be joined by TSN's own, and of course, you see him weekly, on NBC Sports, particularly on their national games. We're speaking to Darren Dreger today, NHL insider. After all, the trading deadline is uh, now less than a week away next Monday. And Darren, thanks for joining us here. First and foremost, though, uh, before we even discuss the trading deadline, I know you've been on top of the situation uh, in Vancouver, and it appears to be getting uh, more and more dire as time goes on. Well, you're right, Jeff. I mean, it's a very fluid situation with the Vancouver Canucks and not just the Canucks, the coaches and personnel, but um, their families. Right. Uh, I mean, so many of the people uh, around the organization have been infected, not just COVID-19. It is a variant strain that has been super contagious that really swept through the entire dressing room and then by extension into the coaching staff and families. I suppose if there's a glimmer of good news or hope in all of this, Jeff, it's the fact that uh, as of Sunday night, there was only one more player who had tested positive, but that brings the total to 19 as of Sunday night. So I know the National Hockey League is deeply concerned, as is the organization right from ownership down, um, but the NHL is, is hoping that we'll know more in the next five to seven days. That will really tell the team, all those involved, uh, most Importantly, the medical people who are looking after the the Vancouver Canucks and and all those who have been infected with the COVID-19 and the variant strains as to where they are in the recovery process. And only at that point will the National Hockey League move forward and say, "Okay, well, it feels like it's safe enough to start talking about rescheduling games, not just in North Division, but specifically to the Vancouver Canucks. But neither the league nor the club are at that point as we start a new week. Now, obviously, uh, the family and and the players' health and and coaching staff and whoever else uh, contracts uh, uh, COVID-19, their health is most important. But as you recall, the National Hockey League initially had Vancouver in the province of Alberta Mm -hmm. on the map as far as the bubble is concerned. But with the concern in that uh, uh, situation there in Vancouver and particularly the state of uh, of British Columbia, the talk was that they wouldn't be able to go because of the stringent uh, rules that the province was putting in place. Do you think that that could become a problem for the Canucks moving forward? I mean, it could, uh, you know, no different than Ontario. Ontario's numbers here, Jeff, aren't very good. Uh, You know, close to another 3,000 positive cases here on Easter Monday as we start the week. Um, Vancouver, BC isn't that high, but their numbers are record numbers for the province of British Columbia. Um, So I I doubt very much that they're looking to bring people in, even in a a, a real safe environment as the National Hockey League has proven that it can be um, with the return to play in the summer and all the restrictions and protocols that continue to govern everything that everyone associated with each club does. You know, it's going to be a test. It's going to be a real challenge for the National Hockey League to get the Vancouver Canucks to play 56 games to complete the regular season. You know, again, earlier I mentioned the five to seven day window. That's just, you know, everybody stepping back, everybody from a league perspective and just 
you know, allowing the, the virus to run its course so that they can get to a place where they can start making logistical decisions. Uh, so it feels like a stretch to me that the Vancouver Canucks would be back on the ice inside a 14-day window. That's, that's a pretty big stretch. Now, high-ranking league officials believe that they can still get the Canucks through the 56 games, but then you've got to wonder the impact of all the other amendments that are going to have to be made inside that North division. So I, I think priority one is making sure that this doesn't influence the playoff seedings in the division uh, and that they can get the games played or as many games as they can played. And then they'll look at the playoffs and, and everything else that is associated with the North division, Vancouver included after that. Do you think there's any chance to go to winning percentage before all is said and done? I think there's a chance of that. I, I do. And, you know, look, uh, not to belittle what's going on in Vancouver, to be insensitive to what's gone on with the Canucks organization, because we're not. I mean, you still have to look at the bigger picture if you're the National Hockey League. <clears throat> and I'm sure that they've got some dates in mind for games that could be rescheduled. But what if the Vancouver Canucks can't play 56 games? You know, those games would matter, could matter, in playoff seating for the top four teams in the division. Uh, and then furthermore, I, I look at, you know, the scoring leaders, you know, I mean, Austin Matthews is scheduled to play. There's the rain dregs mascot, tiny, the great Dane is barking. Somebody just rang my doorbell. So that's where that's coming from. No problem. Uh, but I look at Austin Matthews as an example, right? Uh, I mean, he wants to lock down the, the scoring championship, at least in the, in the division, if not in the national hockey league. And, He's in real good footing right now, but those games against the Vancouver Canucks could be helpful to Austin Matthews. Um, and again, the playoff seating more important than the individual stuff, but I think points percentage absolutely would be a strong consideration if they can't get games played. Would that happen uh, just in the North division or if they go to winning percentage in the North, would they go to winning percentage uh, perhaps right uh, across the board and then not have those extra games that right now are scheduled uh, after the original date to close the season. Yeah, I, I feel like, and I don't have a, an educated answer to this, so I'm speculating. I feel like it, it, it would be isolated to the North Division. And the reason I say that is, you know, how many teams in the United States now are welcoming at least a percentage of fans? Right. So, right. you know, regardless of how many games the Canucks can get in and look, it's still important to everybody in terms of the integrity of the regular season to get those games played. But if, if, you know, <laughs> the calendar does have an end of the runway to it, right? The, the regular season calendar, the national hockey league doesn't want to push the playoffs back a week or two weeks. I think they're comfortable with a few days. So now we're looking at probably mid May when we're, talking about the reality of, of starting the playoffs. But in saying all of that, the revenue matters. And even the percentage of fans that are being welcomed back into U.S. venues, that matters. It, it matters in a big way. So I think it would probably be isolated to Canada. All right, let's get to uh, obviously the topic that uh, hockey fans, North American and actually worldwide, are interested in, and that is next Monday's trading deadline. Again, we talk about covid do you think with the deadline Monday and perhaps if players are traded between the U.S. and Canada, yeah. might we see these deals made before the deadline? That way, players can go through pro, uh, quarantine and other yeah. protocols and be available to those teams sooner than later. That makes a lot of sense to me, Jeff. I, frankly, I'm surprised that we haven't seen that happen already. And 
I think obviously the, the primary reason why we haven't seen it is the sellers still have a premium ask on their properties. And so the buyers are waiting until the asking prices come down. And that always happens. That's happened generationally speaking in the national hockey. And so because of a pandemic, it's probably not going to shift dramatically. So that's had a heavy influence. You know, I look at the Toronto Maple Leafs as an example. Kyle Dubas has been very forward publicly stating that, you know, he, he wants to add some pieces. And, you know, we've identified that he wants to add a top six forward. Whether or not he's able to do that, we're going to find out. But it won't come because of a lack of effort or willingness to, to part with some good pieces, including top prospects. In a perfect world, Dubas would have had that player by now. That player would be probably in the midst or finishing up his quarantine period so that he could get in the lineup and finish out the remaining regular season games, find that chemistry in the top six, top nine of the Maple Leafs. And I use them only as an example because he's been so vocal, um, but it hasn't worked out that way. And it's, it's the ask, it's the fit, it's a lot of things. And also the fact that teams have played their way back into the playoff conversation. I mean, exactly. you know, a month ago, we're talking about Matthias Eckholm being traded by the Nashville Predators and Mikhail Granlund or some of the other pieces that David Poyle, you know, from a speculative perspective was willing to part with. And now you've got the, the Nashville Predators are in a playoff mix. So, you know, it's unlikely that he's going to do that. You look around the league, the Arizona Coyotes, go down the list, right? All of these teams are kind of in that mix. I think your, your pending unrestricted free agents are always going to draw uh, some attention and a willingness from the club that owns them to part with them. But there's a number of variables. What, what took a bit of the heat off, perhaps from a Canada-US standpoint, was the Canadian government uh, approving the reduction of the 14-day quarantine down to a seven-day quarantine. So even a week is going to help considerably, I would say, in uh, helping activate these grades. Well, of course, uh, Blue Jacket fans certainly aware of that with Pierre-Luc Dubois traded to Winnipeg in exchange for Patrick Laine. And of course, Dubois had to go through a two-week quarantine, whereas uh, uh, Laine was able to come here, go through a number of COVID tests, and yeah. uh, was able to return to the lineup here. From a Blue Jackets perspective, I think everybody, fans, management, coaches, players, all wanted the Blue Jackets to be buyers as opposed to sellers. But after uh, this past weekend's games, perhaps the Blue Jackets become more of a seller than a buyer. Uh, what do you hear in your travels about interest in Blue Jacket players? Well, the same thing that uh, I'm sure Blue Jackets fans are seeing, right? Um, you know, we here in Canada around this time of year at TSN, uh, we put together what we call a, a trade bait graphic, which is on tsn.ca and SportsCenter on a, on a daily basis. And David Savard's name is right up there. In fact, it might even be at the top of the list now. Uh, Frank Saravalli does great work and uh, puts a lot of effort and time into uh, putting this list together. Savard's name is high. And because of that, I think that's created a buzz uh, around David Savard. But I, I, I feel like he's getting traded. I, I hate guaranteeing anything because you can look foolish when you do that. And I try and stay away from looking foolish, although it comes naturally. Uh, so hard for sure. Um, you know, I think O'Reilly Nash, a serviceable player, um, lots of speculation around Felino. Uh, and, and that has more to do, Jeff, I think, with the teams that are in the market. I mentioned Toronto earlier and, and what the Maple Leafs might be looking for. You know, you look at the, Lou Lamorello and the New York Islanders, and 
you know, Cal Palmieri was uh, sat out for precautionary reasons and from Sunday's game with the New Jersey Devils. So that tells you that Tom Fitzgerald is negotiating a, a trade. Now, that's not to say that he's identified the one team that he's dealing with strictly. He might have three, he might have more teams than that in the mix, but it's gotten to a point in the conversation where he can't risk Kyle Palmieri getting injured. Um, so, you know, only one team is getting Kyle Palmieri. You know, is it the New York Islanders? Could it be the Boston Bruins? Could the Toronto Maple Leafs be in that mix? So then what happens? You know, if I think Lou's doing something. He's got the cap space to do it. He has the need to do it. His team is, is terrific this season. Why wouldn't he take advantage of all of those factors? So I could see Felino potentially being a, a fit there. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think Columbus is in a position where even though fans don't love being labeled as a seller, the reality of Yarmo's situation is uh, he's not, it's not full scale, but I think he, he's going to be a seller for sure. Now, do you see uh, a number of trades being made or again, with so many teams uh, near that uh, salary cap limit that uh, we might not see what we've normally seen here at trading deadline day and uh, a number of players being moved on? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's going to be the sad and harsh reality that, it's going to be a slow deadline, especially, you know, if, if what happens is we talked about a minute or so ago, there's a few trades prior to the trade deadline. Those ones are normally deals that matter, right? Where uh, a wily old veteran GM like Lou, you know, uh, uh, Jimmy Rutherford, who isn't managing anymore, probably will be at some point in the future, but he's a good friend of ours. He was masterful at, at getting his shopping done early, well in advance of the trade deadline. So I'm hoping because uh, we're going to have a lot of time to kill yeah. on Monday if, uh, if there isn't at least, you know, good, real meaty speculation to deal with um, that, you know, there, there's going to be some trades. There'll be trades. There will be trades. But how many of those trades are going to carry into Monday? There'll be fewer because of all of the, the, the factors that go, to, go into that from, a uh, flat salary cap to the, the, the quarantine restrictions to the battles that still exist in some of the divisions around the NHL. It's not going to be as busy as we're used to in past years. Do you see hockey trades being made? And by that, I mean players that are not on expiring contracts uh, contracts, or is it a situation where we'll wait again to the summer and the draft when you start seeing those significant hockey trades, so to speak made? Yeah, I, I, I think more of the latter, you know, uh, and, and it depends on the club that we're talking about here. You know, Buffalo, as an example, you know, Kevin Adams will be busy, but to what degree? I believe he's going to trade Taylor Hall, uh, but you know the teams are calling on Rasmus Ristolainen, and you know they're calling on Sam Reinhardt. You know, he's got Brandon Montour. Um, he's got some other pieces that, that he can pedal away. But if we're willing to have a conversation about bigger picture, and for me, it feels like Ristolainen and, and Reinhardt should fit in that bigger picture conversation. Don't you have to get something that just ticks all the boxes to make that trade? Right. And that always feels more likely in the offseason when you've got full flexibility. And then you throw Jack Eichel into that conversation as well. Uh, Arizona is a team that, you know, I, I, they played better of late, no question. And they're, they're, they're in the mix. But I think that Billy Armstrong you know, wants to put his mark on that roster. But again, in the bigger picture, you probably don't do that between now and the trade deadline. Maybe you move a piece here or there, 
but likely it's more expiring contracts. But when you're having a, uh, a chat about Oliver ekman Larson, or you're willing to consider Clayton Keller as an example, Jeff, it just doesn't feel like the teams that'd be looking for pieces like that are going to be able to execute that uh, under the crunch of the trade deadline. And in the case of ekman Larson, as we know, you know, because of his trade protection, He's going to navigate that, and that's not going to happen between now and Monday, if, if at all it happens in the offseason. You said earlier that uh, uh, the asking prices were uh, still rather high, knowing teams would like to make moves, particularly with players on expiring contracts. Do you see those uh, prices and asks perhaps going down prior to Monday? Well, that's the expectation from the, the, the buyers that exist as GMs. And, you know, there are some who – are more eager than others, right? In that buying category. You know, Kevin Shoveldayoff, the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, he made his splash deal with Columbus earlier in the year, um, but he needs a defenseman. You know, he'd like to add, and he, he's got a little bit more financial wiggle room because Nathan Boulieu is done for the year, uh, but he wants to be active. But again, the prices are, 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 are just too high. Then I flip over to the Edmonton Oilers, and there's another cap team, and I see Kenny Holland, who, man, he's been down this road so many times. And, you know, he just kind of lays in the weeds and says, nah, I'm probably not going to do anything. And then he lands a, a, an interesting piece. Like, I look at Luke Van Denning with the Detroit Red Wings, and I think that he'd be a good fit for the Edmonton Oilers. But Kenny's not going to start beating the bushes probably until the 10th, maybe the 11th of uh, April, just waiting again for the pressure to rise on the selling general manager so that he can make a deal that makes sense to him. So that's kind of two sides of, of a, a buying and a selling situation. All right. In closing, uh, rumblings uh, we've heard here in recent days that there's talk and it's just talk that potentially with the COVID situation such as it is and perhaps uh, a fourth outbreak particularly here in the United States, and I know how, how difficult things are in Canada, that maybe the bubble word will come back and surface. In fact, I think it already has. Yeah. Do you see that as a possibility as these playoffs go on? And in particular, if in Canada you can't have fans, could we see yeah. the Canadian teams advancing, perhaps later on in the playoffs, going into a situation where, where they're playing in the U.S.? Well, I, I can't say it's not a possibility uh, to, to consider the bubble. I think that everything has been discussed to this point and they'll continue to discuss it. Uh, I think that what might be more likely though, Jeff, when you look at the Canadian team that's going to cross over after winning the division <clears throat> is more likely maybe an American sister city. That makes sense to me. And I think that makes sense to a lot of uh, league officials and managers as well. It's all about the revenue, right? It's all about the revenue. Now, depending on where the numbers are and you just, talked about you know the, the 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 bracing of a fourth wave in the u.s and you know it's we're going to go through it in canada inevitably speaking if the numbers continue to climb and it escalates to a point where the nhl feels look again we have to maintain the integrity of the stanley cup playoffs and the only way to maintain that is to have that tro uh, trophy successfully hoisted as it was this past summer in edmonton in that bubble when the tampa Bay lightning won it I mean, everybody raved about the success and everything that the NHL did right. And they did. They did it right. It was great. But it was terrific in, in, in incredibly trying circumstances. So knock on wood, here's hoping that 
from a health perspective, we don't get to a place where the NHL has to go back into that bubble because if that's the case, then societies, uh, speaking, we're, we're in a tough place with COVID-19. And I think that given all the vaccination is way more advanced in the U.S. than it is in Canada, which we, no point even talking about because you get my blood boiling on that topic. Um, but because of that, it makes more sense to consider the potential of a sister city, I think, in moving one team. You know, if it's Toronto, Buffalo's not making the playoffs. Maybe the Maple Leafs take over the, the building in Buffalo, as an example. So I think right, that might right. be considered more so than a bubble. Well, uh, I'm hoping for your benefit, and quite frankly, ours as uh, hockey fans, that come Monday, you on that TSN panel and everybody else there don't have to sit there telling stories as opposed to talking and analyzing trades. How many hours of coverage on Monday? Well, we started at 8 in the morning, and uh, I guess it's 8 hours, 8 to 5. But I've got an old trick. I'm going to let you in on a little trick, and you've seen it a thousand times in watching our coverage. As soon as things start to get slow, and I can tell that the producers are starting to, to get a little fidgety, because there's only so much James Duffy and Jeff O'Neill can do, uh, and Ray Ferraro is the mainstays of that panel, right? So then we can tell as the newsbreakers that they're anxious to come to us. Bobby Mack and I and Pierre Lebrun are instantly looking at our cell phones and like just phantom texting people <laughs> to make it appear like we're so busy that we can't do live TV. So you're going to see a lot of that probably from me on Monday. All right. Well, I'm hoping, and I know that uh, hockey fans uh, across North America are hoping as well that you guys are busy and don't have time even to, uh, to spend too much time uh, flipping your phones around. Thanks yeah. for this. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Always a pleasure visiting with you. All right. That's great. That's Darren Dreger of uh, TSN and NBC Sports. And this is On the Call with Jeff Rimmer. Thanks for joining us. It's presented by Buyers Imports. That is Jeff Rimmer along with Darren Dreger. And I'm Bob McElligot saying thanks for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to CBJ Radio wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And I would also ask you to give us a review and a rating.